Thanks for tuning in to the Met Church Podcast. Here at the Met, we are all about connecting people to God and one another. If you have any questions or want more information about what's going on here at the church, then head to our website at metchurch.com. We would love to stay connected with you throughout the week through social media, so be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Now, enjoy the message. How are we doing this morning? Good, good. Before, before we go any further, I just gotta ask a question. How many of you haven't really slept this weekend? Okay. <laughs> Parents, you're not gonna get anything out of them after this service. I'm just telling you, they're gonna go home and go to bed. So hopefully we can keep you awake for a little bit. Yes. We're, we're, uh, if not, I'm coming down there. <laughs> you got a mom and a dad over here. It's hard. Know what to do. No, we are so glad you're here. And if you might have uh, kind of saw that we're actually gonna be talking about Nehemiah today. Nehemiah, what makes Nehemiah such a fascinating story is because here's a guy that was given a vision by God for his life, and he embraces that vision. And then he goes and shares that vision with the people of Jerusalem, and they buy on to that vision. They buy into it, but then they face opposition. They face people who try to stop them from carrying out that vision but then they fight to fulfill the vision. And why that's so important to us is because when you look at Nehemiah, when you look at his life, here's a guy who didn't try to control things that were out of his control, but he did control the things that were in control. And that's what this whole series that we've been in uh, has been all about. We've been in a series called 2020, and it's been all about um, what Jesus said in John 10, 10, that the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you have life and life to the full. See, we can't control what Satan tries to do to our lives. We can't control what Satan tries to throw at us in life, but we can control how we respond to those things. And Jesus said that I've given you everything that you need to overcome anything that Satan tries to throw at you. And so this whole series is about giving us the tools, giving us how, what we need to do to respond to anything that Satan throws at us so that we can have life and life to the full. And I think this has actually been one of my favorite series that we've done. I've loved this series. Absolutely, I've loved it, and it's been in the midst of one of the hardest times in my life. As most of y'all know, my mom passed away in January from Alzheimer's, and so there was a couple of weeks that I missed. So I went back to watch Bill's sermons, and they spoke to me with where I was and the situation I was going through. One of the weeks was the words that we speak, which is so important when you're going through a trial or you're walking through something. We have to be so careful about not being negative and making sure that we are still speaking life even though we're going through something hard. And the second week was the choices that we make, which this one's even bigger because for me, my mom was diagnosed three years ago and I could have made a lot of choices to go to some pretty dark places. I could have decided to listen to the enemy and ask why and be frustrated with him, but instead I chose to continue to see God's will through all of it. And I tried to stay on top of the enemy and just see what God uh, was planning to do through that process. So if you missed any of those previous weeks, make sure you go to metchurch.com. Bill has done such an incredible job of just showing us you know, how we respond with, with what Satan is trying to throw in our mind, that he's trying to throw in our lives, that trying to get us to do, how we act, the choices that we make. And it's been such an incredible series to do that, so we don't want you to miss out on any of those things. And today, as we close out this series, we're gonna tell you three things that Satan is gonna throw at you more than anything else. 
three things that he's gonna try to do to really mess up your life. But we're also gonna give you three things that you need to do to respond to those things so you can have that full life. And we're gonna look at the life of Nehemiah because he faced the same things that, that we face. He went through the same things and it's how he responded that allowed him to fulfill the vision that God had for his life. Now, what we need to know about Nehemiah, Nehemiah was a Jewish man, okay? We don't know if he ever had been to Jerusalem before because the story of Nehemiah actually starts off in a place called Susa. It was the capital of the Persian Empire that the Persia was the world power at that time. And uh, Nehemiah worked for King Artaxerxes I. And he was his cupbearer. He was his wine taster. He's the guy that would drink the wine before the king to make sure it wasn't poisoned. So to have this job, the king's got to trust that you're willing to die for him. And what we find out that the king not only t- trusted Nehemiah, he thought of him as his friend. So when God gives Nehemiah this vision, this heart, to take care of the people of Jerusalem. And he goes to the king and he says, can I go back and help my people? They're struggling. The king lets him go. And that's rare because he worked for him, but it wasn't because he was getting paid. He was a slave. And you don't let slaves do what they want, but he let him go because he was his friend. And he said, you know what? I'm not only gonna let you go, but I'm gonna give you everything you need to do what you want to accomplish there. In fact, I'm gonna make you governor of Judah so that they have to listen to you. And what we see is Nehemiah goes to Jerusalem and when he gets there, his heart is broken. His heart is broken because he looks at at just the city in ruin, that he sees a people that had given up. They felt like God had abandoned them because what had happened was there were these powerful warlords that lived in the regions around Jerusalem and they would just come in and take whatever they want through this time. They would come in and and just ravage the place because what you need to realize is about a hundred years earlier, a guy by the name of King Nebuchadnezzar had the Babylonians come in and destroy all of Jerusalem. They destroyed the temple, they tore down the wall, and they've been living in ruin ever since. So as Nehemiah goes through the city, he realizes, if I'm going to do anything for these people, if I'm going to get them back, I've got to build a wall. I've got to get the wall up. And so he goes and he shares this vision with the people of, of, of Jerusalem. And these are people who have never known what it's like to live in a city with a wall, but they realize this can change our life. And so they get behind this vision and they start building the wall. Well, once they start building all these powerful warlords, they start going, wait a minute, wait a minute, this can't happen. This is our meal ticket. We can come in and do whatever we want and take everything from you and do this. We can't let this happen. So they started facing opposition. And what you have to realize in your life, once you decide that you're gonna step up and you're gonna follow God and you're gonna and obey God and, and live for God, you're gonna face opposition. And that's what they did. And the first thing they tried to do to them is what happens to you. They start to d- discourage them. They start to discourage them. These warlords send in spies into the city and they start spreading these rumors and they start telling them that you can't get this done. There's no way this can happen. You don't know what you're doing. You can't build this wall. And even if you can, you're not good at it, it's gonna fall over. So you might as well give up now. You might as well give up now. And they spread a, a rumor back to King Artaxerxes that said that, you know, the only reason why Nehemiah is trying to come in and build this up is because he wants to raise an army to defeat you. They were doing everything they can to discourage the people to stop living out the vision that God had for life. And that's what he does for us. Yeah, so let's talk about discouragement a little bit. Who doesn't face that every single day? And I know that we have big trials and things that happen through our life that can cause discouragement, but I wanna focus on the things that happen every single day to cause us to be discouraged. The enemy attacks that he puts on us every day that we can wake up and feel defeated and discouraged before we even get out of bed. 
Back in the fall, we had a ladies' event called Authentic. We designed this event to really just love on ladies and to really teach them how much God loved them. But during the event, there was a little bit of a twist. One of our speakers, Jesse, asked the ladies, we had over 500 ladies in the room, and she asked, if you have ever dealt with anxiety, please stand up. Y'all, almost every woman in the room stood up. But then she took it a step further and she said, if you've ever gone to counseling, therapy, or on medication for anxiety, stay standing. At that point, there were probably three-fourths of the room continued standing. Probably 400 out of the 500 women were still standing. And we were blown away. Because here we are trying to tell these ladies how much God loves them. And we're realizing, oh my goodness, they're dealing with that daily attack of the enemy through anxiety. But it's not just women, and it's not just anxiety. It's men too, and it's stress, depression, mm -hmm. exhaustion, busyness, all the ways that the enemy tries to distract us. And what he wants to do is he wants us to give up. He wants us to give up. That's what he tried to do with Nehemiah. The enemies continue to come over and over and over and try to knock Nehemiah out. And that's what the enemy wants to do with us. Now, when I say give up, what I mean is, let's take busyness, for instance. So maybe you say yes to things that you think are good. We talked about that this week. A lot of times, I mean, I got four kids, so I get it. They're all preteen teenagers, so they're involved in softball and cheer, and we got stuff going all over the place. So it's easy to say yes to a lot of things, but the problem is if our yeses are keeping us from coming to church on the weekend, or our yeses are keeping us from getting involved in maybe a Bible study or something that could draw us closer to the Lord, or maybe the yeses are keeping us from being able to bring our kids on Wednesday night. I'm guilty of that. We get busy. That is what the enemy wants to happen. He wants to get you so busy, and I know that, that I'm... Um, you know, attacking some people right now. But the enemy wants to get you so busy that you don't spend time with the Lord anymore, that your relationship with him begins to get wider and wider and wider. Now, let's say maybe you deal with the anxiety and the depression, and maybe you turn to something other than God. Maybe it's medication, alcohol, drugs, something to numb that pain that the enemy puts on you every single day. That is the enemy wanting you to give up. He does not want you to fulfill what God has called you to do. And now I feel like it's time for us to rise up and fight. And that's what we're gonna learn how to do today. Yes, the, the idea of when you face a discouragement, when you face something is that one of the things that you have to look at is holding on to the promises of God. You've got to realize that it's God who's gonna see you through things. See, how you defeat discouragement is, by, is through courage. And the only way that you're gonna have courage is to think of the fact that it might be bigger in you that it's not bigger than God. That all of the things that Satan's gonna try to throw in your life, all the things that Satan's gonna try to do to you is the fact that it's not gonna um, get to you first because it's gotta get through God before it gets to you. Amen. And that's where you get your courage from. I have some scriptures for that. Okay. <laughs> but the good news is that there is a promise. Everybody say promise. Promise. Yes, Deuteronomy 31.8 says, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. I'm gonna read that again. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Now let's stop right there. Now this is coming from a girl whose dad left when I was a baby. 
came back around a little bit when I was a kid, and then when I turned 14, he was nowhere to be found for the next 10 years of my life. So looking at a scripture like this and thinking, okay, God says he'll never leave me, but can I really believe that? I mean, one of my parents that was supposed to love me and raise me and take care of me left. And I know I'm not the only one in the room. I know there's other people in here that we have some trust issues sometimes with the Lord because somebody in our life has hurt us. But I will tell you, no matter what, everything that I've walked through in my life, that I'm a living testimony that God has never left, he has never forsaken me, and he won't. I promise, through everything that you walk through, God will never leave. This is the promise that God gives us as followers of Christ. And then the end of the scripture says, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. Isaiah 43, two says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, I will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Y'all, we just sang that. Mm-hmm. When I walk through the waters, I won't be overcome. When I go through the rivers, I will not be drowned. My God will make a way so I am not afraid. And y'all wonder why we're up here. Woo! <laughs> because this is the living word of God. Y'all, when we're worshiping, with these words that God has given us that says, no matter what you walk through, I'm gonna be there for you. Y'all need to write this down. It's called Not Afraid by Bethel. Put it on your playlist, on your Spotify, because when you're walking through something, you need these tools to be able to battle the enemy. And we gotta rise up and fight the same way that Nehemiah did. Mm-hmm. Yes, we do. So what is discouraging you this morning? What is the enemy putting in your life to get you to give up? What you need to do is you gotta hold on to the promises of God. Second Corinthians 1.20, it says that all of God's promises are yes in Christ. So you have to realize that, that you have a God who loved you so much that he sent his son to die on the cross for you. And so every time you start doubting yourself, every time you start feeling like I need to give up, every time you feel like I can't keep going, you gotta realize you have a God who loves you and is gonna see you through all things and that he will keep his promises. And that's what the Israelites did. They realized through this whole time of all this discouragement that God was with them and they keep building the wall and it starts getting up higher and higher. Well, these warlords, warlords, they just start freaking out. They're like going, wait a minute. They were supposed to stop. They were supposed to give up. So now they have to take matters in their own hands. And what they do is they go, we've got to disrupt them. And we all face disruptions in our life because Satan's gonna do anything he can to get you to stop. And they disrupt them by sending people to actually attack them while they're building the wall. And what we see in Nehemiah 4 is that Nehemiah sets up all of these uh, men outside of the men that were on the wall, and they're there to fight off the enemy that was attacking them. They're there to fight them off so they can continue to to build the wall. And then there's another picture in, in Nehemiah 4 that talks about the fact that some of the men, some of the men were actually on the wall, and they were building the wall with one hand, and they had a sword in the other hand. They were fighting it off. And this is what life looks like. This is John 10, 10. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. That's all he's trying to do. But I came to have life and life to the full. You can keep doing what I've called you to do because I'm gonna see you through and I've equipped you to do that. And they kept building. See, if they would've, if they would've stopped and just fought, the wall wouldn't have got up. But they kept doing what God wanted them to do. Bill talks about this all the time. Where God is building, Satan is blasting. And he is gonna do everything to disrupt your life. 
That when you decide that you're gonna put God first, when you decide that I'm gonna, I'm gonna get into a, a life group, I'm gonna get into a Bible study, I'm gonna start serving, I'm, I'm gonna start giving, he's gonna try to disrupt you. He's gonna do everything again to get you to stop. And that's what was happening. They were facing all this disruption because they wanted them to stop what God wanted them to do. Yeah, so let's talk about fighting off the enemy a little bit. Now, this can be a little bit fun. I don't know how y'all do it. But in daily life, like I don't really have a lot of sass. But when it comes to the enemy, that's when I turn it on. Because I know, I know, when he begins to come against me, I'm immediately like, excuse me? Oh, no. Oh, no, you will not be in my child's life. You will not be in my husband's life. You will not be in my home. In the name of Jesus, you will not have anything to do with us today. Not today, Satan. Been there, done that, got the T-shirt, right? Is that what y'all do? Yeah. Hey. Sometimes we gotta get a little angry with the Lord. Well, during the pro, or with the, not with the Lord, Lord. with the devil. <laughs> Don't write that down. <laughs> but during the process of my mom passing away, we had um, about 10 days that the hospice had come and said, you know, you, you're, you know, she could pass at any moment. So the last probably three or four days, she had the luxury of passing away at home. And there were no nurses, so we wanted to make sure that somebody was in the room with her at all times. And so we kind of took turns. And my sister and I went in there one night, and we were in there for several hours. And then about 6 a.m., we decided to go and take a nap because some other people have gotten there. So during that process, the enemy decided that he wanted to attack. He has began to attack me with anxiety attacks. And that's not something I deal with on a daily basis. So it was really disrupting what I was walking through. Now, if you would be honest today and raise your hand if you have had an anxiety or panic attack ever. Okay, so y'all know what I'm feeling. So I go to lay down on the couch and I go to put my head down and y'all, here it starts. Heart starts beating, like the heat from my toes all the way up to my head. I'm like, oh my God, I can't breathe, it's hot in here. I don't know what's going on, you can't swallow. I mean, all you can think is like, what is going on? I'm, I'm about to die here. And I looked at my sister, and y'all know what the first thing out of my mouth was? You have any medication? I'm up here today telling y'all how to fight off the enemy and how to war against yourself, and that was the first thing out of my mouth. Now y'all know that we don't preach up here out of perfection, right? <laughs> So I looked at her and asked if she had anything because at that moment, y'all, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what it was. And all I was doing is feeling that panic. Well, luckily she didn't. And so I said, okay, well, I'm out of here. So I left, y'all. I was shaking the whole way home, trying to drive home, my whole body shaking. But what did I do? I started praying. I started reading scripture over myself. I started quoting scripture. I started warring off the enemy right there in my car all the way home. And by the time I got home, some of it had come off, and I was able to lay down on the couch with my husband as he rubbed my head as I went to sleep. Yes, he's that sweet. <laughs> but the good part was, I woke up, y'all. I didn't need the medication. Now, do not hear me saying that people don't need medication for anxiety. I am not saying that. But I don't deal with daily anxiety. This was something that came on me all of a sudden, and the last thing I needed to do was just go grab something else to numb it, to take it away. What I needed to do was begin warring for myself. And after that night, that feeling hit me pretty much through the whole process. And I knew the minute it started coming on, I gotta start warring, I gotta start praying. Mm -hmm. And you know what that praying is? It's protection. Everybody say protection. Protection. Building up the wall of protection against the enemy, learning how to put on the armor of God. 
So let's read some scripture. I'll write these down. Anyone that raised your hand for sure, write these down. Isaiah 41.10 says, so do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. Do not fear. It's the first thing I did. I immediately looked at my sister and fear set in right then and there. But when I got in the car and I asked God's presence to come and I began to war and put that protection up, what did he do? He strengthened me and he gave me comfort. Second Corinthians 4, 8 through 9 says, we are hard pressed at every side. Mm-hmm. Does anybody feel that every day? I mean, before I know people, before you even get out of the bed, you've already got anxiety, depression, things coming at you on every side. We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. And honestly, how many times have we been struck down? And the good news is, we're not destroyed. We're here. Nehemiah didn't even waver at the enemy's attacking because he knew he had the protection of the Lord. If you want that protection, you gotta learn how to build that wall Mm -hmm. exactly like Nehemiah did. Not only is God protecting you, but he's, he's also fighting for you. And I think that's one of the things that so many people... Uh, hear that lie from Satan that you're doing this on your own, that God's not with you. The, the fact that you know that Deuteronomy 20, it talks about the fact that it's God who goes with you. God is there with you, fighting for you to give you victory. And that's what you have to look at. When you're doing what God wants you to do, he's gonna see you through all things. Mm-hmm. See, God doesn't call you to something that he's not gonna see you through. God is gonna see you through all things. It's Hebrews 13, 21. It's the fact that he will equip you what he's called you to do. He's gonna see you through that. I love this whole idea of, of the fact of God being our protection because not only does he shield us from, from the enemy, but he fights for us. And he said this in, in Exodus 14, 14, when he was talking to them, he said, I'm gonna fight for you. All you gotta do is be still. Now, what that means is that you'd be still in knowing that I'm gonna be there for you. You keep doing what you're supposed to do. That's why they kept building the wall through the battle. They kept doing what God had called them to do. That's what being still is, saying, God, I'm gonna keep doing what you've called me to do because I know you're gonna take care of everything else. And that's what they did. They kept building the wall, they kept building the wall, and it got higher and higher and higher, and it was almost done. They just had to hang on the gates. And all of a sudden, these warlords are going, we don't know what to do, stop. And they said, the only thing we can do to stop them is we gotta get rid of Nehemiah. They figure if we can distract him enough to get him off the wall, we can get him outside, we can kill him, and we can stop this whole thing. And that's what Satan's gonna do to you. He's gonna try to distract you. Because if he can get you to stop doing what, he, what you're doing and get you off, he can actually kill you. He can do something to get you out of, out of commission. And that's what he was doing. So they send a note. In Nehemiah 6, he sends a note. Um, this Sam Ballot, who was the leader of the warlords, he sends it to Nehemiah and he says, hey, you know, we got off to a rocky start. You know, we're not really seeing eye to eye, but you know, we've gotta be neighbors. Let's see how we can work this thing out. If you come down, we can talk and, and, and get this all figured out. Well, Nehemiah knew that they were just wanting him to go down there to harm him. And so he sends back this message and it needs to be our message. It needs to be your message through everything you do in life. This is what he sent back. He said, I'm doing a great work and I can't come down. He's saying, I'm doing a great work and I can't come down. They said they sent it four other times and he kept replying the same thing. I'm doing a great work and I can't come down. What you need to understand is Satan is gonna try to throw you off. He's gonna try to throw your marriage off. 
He's gonna try to throw off the relationship you have with your kids. He's gonna try to throw off what's going on at work. And what you've gotta do when you start seeing these distractions, you gotta tell yourself, you gotta say it out loud. I'm doing a great work and I'm not coming down. I'm not gonna let anything mess up my marriage. I'm not gonna let anything mess up my relationship with my kids. I'm not gonna let anything mess up the work that I'm doing. I'm doing a great work and I can't come down because we're gonna face distractions. Well, and the good news is we all have a purpose. We all have a reason to be here. Bad news is the enemy's gonna try to take that out. During the process of my mom passing away, my job was to plan the celebration. And so the enemy knew if he could distract me enough that maybe I wouldn't be able to plan something great. Because the awesome thing is my mom was an incredible woman of God. And I knew that if I could have her celebrated the way that I wanted to, that maybe somebody's life could be changed through that. But you know what? The enemy knew that that last moment, that last service, that somebody's life could be changed by my mom, he wanted to take that out. But the good news is the Satan didn't win. That's enemy, right. uh, Nehemiah finished the wall and my mom was celebrated. So <laughs> the enemy will come and still kill and destroy everything. I know we keep saying that, but it's the truth. Anything that you give him a foothold on, he will take and still kill and destroy. So the last point is you have to have God's presence. Everybody say presence. Presence. God is your only fighting chance. Every day before you get out of bed, you say, God, be with me today. Fight alongside me today. Protect me. Protect my family. Amen. Amen. Y'all, it takes five seconds, five seconds to just allow his presence into your life every morning. Exodus 33, 14 says, my presence shall go with you and I will give you rest. Who doesn't need rest? And when I say rest, I'm not talking about a nap during the day. I'm talking about spiritual rest because our minds will go and go and go, but if we will take that time to invite the Holy Spirit in and ask for his presence, we will find comfort and we will be strengthened again and we'll find rest. Psalm 1611 says, you will make known, make known to me the path of your life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand there are pleasures forever. Now can we get this tattooed on our forehead because hello, like who doesn't want fullness of joy every day? And I definitely wanna sign up for pleasures forever. I'll take that. If you don't want it, I'll take your share. Jeremiah 29, 13, it's our last scripture. You will seek me and find me. When you search me, search for me with all your heart. Mm -hmm. Now, I love this scripture because, y'all, it puts it back on us. There's an action here. Mm -hmm. God's there. But it says, you will seek me. So we have to seek him. And then it says, when you search me, then you'll find me. So we have to seek him. We have to search him. Ultimately, we have that choice. We can battle it alone or we can battle it with the Lord. If you believe his promise first, he will never forsake you. If you build up your wall of protection by reading God's word and speaking it over your life and over the attacks of the enemy, you will not be destroyed. Mm -hmm. And if you invite his presence into your everyday life, his word says you will find joy and you will have pleasures forever. And that is what fighting for God's vision in your life looks like. Amen, amen. And that's what they did. They didn't let the discouragement stop them from building. They didn't let the disruption stop them from building. They didn't let the distraction stop them from building. And what we see in Nehemiah 6, that they completed the wall. And it says they did it in 52 days. They completed the wall in 52 days. It was up. 
And what is great when you read this story, and if you're ever just feeling kind of down about yourself, go back to this story. Because what it says is that all of the enemies gave up. That when they saw it was finished, the enemy gave up. Because they knew it was completed with the help of their God. I'm gonna leave you with this. James 4, 7 says, submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. See, when you keep focus on God, when you submit to God in what you're doing, he will see you through and Satan will give up. Some of the times we keep going through the same things over and over is because we come off our wall and we keep wanting to fight the battle that Satan is putting out in front of us. Let it go. Submit yourself to God. And the enemy will give up. I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know what you're going through. But this is how you need to fight your battles. This is how Nehemiah fought it. He said, I'm gonna do what God has called me to do and I'm gonna let God take care of the rest. I'm gonna keep my focus on him. We're gonna end this service a little bit different than than we normally do. We're gonna ask the band to come back out here and we're gonna end in, in song. And it's all of us realizing that, yes, we've got an enemy who's gonna try to kill, steal, and destroy. We've got an enemy that's gonna try to defeat us. But we have a God who loves us who has promised to be there for us, to see us through all things, to protect us in all ways. And that when we submit to him, when we put everything that we face in his hands, we're gonna see victory in our lives. This is how we fight our battles, by giving it to God. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you so much for the fact that no matter what we go through, no matter what we face, no matter what we deal with, that you will see us through those things. God, just be with those that are here that are in the middle of that incredibly hard battle in their life right now. Just whisper to them right now that you got them. You're gonna see them through it. Give them the confidence to know that they can keep living for you, walking in your ways because you'll protect them. You'll fight for them and you'll give them victory. God, we just thank you for the fact that it was the gift of your son that has given us all victory and that's why we can celebrate every day. That's why we can look at, look at our circumstances different than somebody who doesn't know Jesus can look at their circumstances because we know we have a savior who died for us and who will see us through. And maybe you're here today and you've never entered into that relationship. Maybe you're watching online and you've never entered into that relationship. And God is saying, I don't want you to fight it on your own because you're gonna face things bigger than you. But that's why I sent my son to die for you so that you can have victory. That's where you are. Open up your heart to him right now. Say, God, I'm, I'm tired of fighting my battles on my own. And I'm ready to fight my battles by putting them in your hands. And so I open up my heart to you right now. Just where you are, say, God, I give you my life. That I believe in you. I believe that you love me so much that you sent your son to die on the cross for my sins. And three days later, he rose again for me. 
And now I want to live for you. Come into my life. If you said that, you believe that, you're ready to walk a different road. You're ready to have God see you through all things. God will fight your battles. You just need to trust him. Thank you so much for tuning in today with us. If you have any questions or prayer requests, please contact us so that we can follow up with you this week by visiting metchurch.com. We look forward to seeing you again next week.